0: Sing into our ears, O Spirit, the holy word of life. Tell us who we are and to whom we belong, so that we may live with gratitude for all that we have done. Amen. Our scripture reading for this Trinity Sunday is a long but perhaps familiar passage. Genesis 1 verse 1 through chapter 2 verse 4 listen to what the spirit is speaking today when god began to create the heavens and the earth the earth was complete chaos and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from god swept over the face of the waters then god said let there be light and there was light god saw that the light was good Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day, to rule over the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humans in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humans in His image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See that I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit and you shall have them for food to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps upon the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. And it was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all of their multitude. On the sixth day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Trinity of love, deposing the powers of hate and isolation, gathering creation in, mutual, in bonds of mutual care. Through the waters of baptism, may our relatedness be reborn in justice, mercy, and peace. Through Jesus Christ, who is always with us. Amen. We love a good origin story. Uh, Marvel and DC have been uh, pumping out one origin story of superheroes after another for decades now. We love to know where heroes come from. And I think we love these stories because, whether we know it or not, we are all heroes in our own story. Notice that about yourself? You're the hero, your boss is the villain. You know, that's how it goes. So origin stories, they, they tell us where we come from so that we can know who we are. And, and origin stories, we all have them, whether we know them or not, and they have power over us for good and for bad. And where we come from tells us who we are. Now, of course, Hollywood doing this is just the most recent iteration. Humans have been telling origin stories for as long as there have been humans. We've been gathering at movie theaters and around campfires telling stories of where we come from. Whether it's the relatively recently written Beowulf or the much older Enuma Elish and Epic of Gilgamesh, origin stories are as old as humanity itself. Why do we love them so much? Well, because there's no way to know who you are without first knowing where you come from. And we live in a time when people no longer know either one. And this has resulted in the modern crisis of meaning. We live in a time in which there's more wealth and opportunity than the world has ever known, and yet we are bereft of meaning and purpose. What good is all of our wealth if we don't even know why we are here? Well, Genesis is a book of origins, meant to tell us where we come from, so that we might know who we really are, and throughout the summer season, we're going to spend some time looking back at these old, old stories to see how they might speak freshly to us today. But sadly, that the meaning of the creation story in Genesis has been largely lost to us because in the 20th century, it became a battleground between fundamentalists and modernists, and only one side could win. The fundamentalists have staked their faith on making Genesis into a biology and cosmology textbook attempting to honor the Bible, they've completely missed the point. Because the ancient Israelites knew nothing of modern science and cosmology and evolution. But nonetheless, they knew where they came from. Do we? So before we think of ourselves as enlightened and modern, we should ask ourselves, do we really know where we come from? And if our only answer to that question is, well, I'm the result of time plus matter plus chance, I don't think that origin story is strong enough to build a meaningful life upon. In fact, for many of us, that story engenders despair and meaninglessness. So how might the creation story of Genesis 1 speak to our deepest needs? Well, anytime you want to understand a piece of literature biblical or otherwise, it always helps to know something about those to whom it was written. Most biblical scholars date the creation story of Genesis 1 to the 6th century BCE, when Judah was in exile in Babylon. And this, I don't think most of us know this, this event, the Babylonian exile, is the most significant historical event in the Old Testament. And there's really not a close second. When, Israel, when uh, Jerusalem was sacked by Nebuchadnezzar, in 586 B.C., taking the king and other Israelite elites into Babylon for 70 years. And scholars believe it was during this time that much of the Old Testament as we know it was was gathered, written, and canonized. And the story we just heard of Genesis 1, it appears to be aware of the Babylonian creation myth. And it is thought to have been written after that one. Now, this Fact is embarrassing to many fundamentalists because they need Genesis to be the oldest story around because they take it as a literal scientific account. But if instead this is a story of human meaning, then which one is older really has no relevance. <laughs> if this is a story about what it means to be human, then our question need not be which one of these is older, we should ask which one of them is better. So why don't you decide for yourself? The Babylonian creation myth is called the Enuma Elish. You can look it up online. And it tells the story of Apsu and Tiamat, the gods of salt and fresh water. Apsu and Tiamat come together and they have children. And these children were very loud and rowdy. And they kept disrupting their father Apsu's sleep. So he decided to kill them. Tiamat tells her eldest son, Enki, about his father's plans. And so Enki lures his father into a sleep and kills him before he was killed by his own father. Now this makes Tiamat very angry. So she decides then to kill all of her children as well. And thus ensues a great battle, and none of Tiamat's children were able to stand up to the strength of their mother except for one, Marduk, the great thunder god who manages to cut his mother in half and then use from her dead carcass the two halves to create the heavens and the earth. And then Marduk creates humanity to serve the gods. And the new Malish says, to set the gods free. And that's the story of creation. And so in this story, let's ask ourselves, where do we come from? Well, humanity comes from violence for slavery. Violence is your origin, and you were made to serve those more powerful than you. And I submit to you, that is a great creation story if what you want is to build an empire. If your goal is to consolidate power into the hands of the few and control the many, then you'd be hard-pressed to find a more effective story than this one. That you're created by a God who's infinitely more powerful and violently dangerous, and you were made to serve that God. Now imagine being an Israelite child around the campfire in Babylon. It's late at night, and an elder sees you approach the fire and says to you, I know that you've heard these Babylonians who've told you that you were made to serve them and their violent gods but let me tell you who you really are. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was in complete chaos and darkness was over the face of the deep and a wind from God swept over the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Let me ask you, as you hear that story, do you hear even a whiff of violence? In God? None. Not in that part, not in the rest of the story. Because we don't come from violence and chaos. No, we come from a gracious God who speaks order into the chaos and calls creation good. And not just once. But did you catch it? Again and again. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was very good. Can you feel the difference between these stories? The first one's great if you want to have a people who are afraid and subservient. But Genesis proclaims that we live in a good and verdant world and we are created not for fear and for servitude, but for delight and dignity. Which story do you think is better? And when it comes to creating humanity, God mysteriously says, let us make humans in our image, according to our likeness. And Christians have made a lot of hay out of that, let us. Often pointed this as the first reference to the Trinity in the Bible, which is, I'm sure, why it's chosen for today's reading. Now, I think it's a bit of a stretch to go from the word us straight to Trinity. But I think we can at least affirm That God's own life is not one of bare oneness. God's life is one of communion. God is both one and never alone, and that's whose image you bear. You, like God, are made one, and you are never meant to be alone. You are created for relationship by the God who is relationship. You are not made to be a slave. You've been made in the image of God to be like God, not for violence and domination, but for delight and dignity. This is where you come from. This is who you are. What would a more beautiful and dignifying origin story sound like? And of course, in the Genesis account, all humanity is made in the image of God. It doesn't matter who you are or where you were born, what you look like, how you identify, who you love, all are made in God's image. And sometimes the, the what appears to be binaries in these stories, binaries of day and night and waters and sky, land and sea, male and female, have been said to be rigid categories to which we must conform, especially that last one. You're either male or female. God made you that way, and that's that. But of course, this reading completely ignores that none of the other binaries in this story are rigid. Sure, there's day, and there's night. And who here thinks that, like, sunset's the most beautiful time of day? Yeah, kind of like all of us, right? Yeah. There's land, and there's sea. And biologists tell us that the wetlands are some of the most verdant, vital parts of our ecosystem. See, the binaries of Genesis 1 are not rigid. They are spectrums. And like a rainbow, they include everything in between. And all of it's good. So whether you identify as male or female or anything in between, you too are made in the image of God. And you are very good. So, what would a more beautiful, inclusive origin story sound like? If we are to live lives of meaning and purpose, then we need an origin story that tells us that we are more than just time plus matter plus chance. And God gives us that story. And you don't have to let go of science to believe it. (laughs) Thank God. Genesis' story does not compete with science. It complements it. Science answers how and when. Genesis answers why. And we need both. Who are we? Why are we here? Where do we come from? We come from a God who brings order out of chaos, who created us for dignity, not domination, interconnectedness, not superiority. And that means that you are good, you are good. you are good. You are very good. And don't let anybody tell you differently. See, there are some origin stories that are meant to enslave you, and are meant to tell you to keep your head down. But this story is meant to liberate you. So stand up straight. And take note of the beautiful, diverse world that God has made, and know this is where you come from. Take your place in this story, because you were made for communion, for delight, and for dignity. Amen.